Everybody, my name is James D. Fury, and this is Black Ball. All right, everybody, you're going to see James D. in a good mood today. Do you remember Naja Caliber came in? And I've had a, a bunch of guests that have come in that I've been personal friends with. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why I enjoy that. One, it's nice to catch up. Um, you know, it's nice to see what everyone's doing. Uh, two, I don't have to feel like I'm putting on a ultra polite front because this person knows me and they'll be like, all right, enough with the uh, buttering up stage. Let's, let's, let's have a talk. So that's good. And the other thing is, is that I do a ton of prep work uh, whenever I book a guest. This time I smoked a joint. I lied down, <laughs> down on my couch and I'm like, all right, let's start in the year 2000 and work our way chronologically and figure out all these stories. And it was a blast. I spent like 45 minutes thinking of my guest today and her name is Melissa Lauren. Melissa. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's been a long time. I don't even remember the last time I saw you, to be honest with you. Like it's, uh, I wanted to go to your wedding when you had your wedding at, um, at the, the cafeteria island. at Toronto Island, whatever it was. Oh, the cafeteria. <laughs> it makes it sound so bad. <laughs> no, I thought it was brilliant. I wait, wait, Listen, I, I'm sorry I missed it, but I thought it was brilliant. I was just like, because I've always been like, why are, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we spending 50 grand or whatever the fuck it is? To just well, give a piece of jewelry to someone that you're not in your case will be divorced from in the next five years, right? Like, like what? So you guys were like, in case we get divorced in the next five years. You know, I worked divorced right into my vows. People were like, shocked by that, but yeah, <laughs> um, we yeah. I, you I, set the I, standard. I set the standard. No, I, I yeah, no. We I, my parents paid for it. They insisted on it. I never really saw myself having a wedding. It was perfect in that sense that it was like Emerson took the boat over, took me and bridesmaids over. Just very casual. I mean, it was at the clubhouse. I guess you could call it a cafeteria. But it was... I, I just, you know, no offense to cafeteria people. Right? No. I don't know. Um, I haven't been on uh, his boat uh, since, like, I don't think I've ever been on that boat sober. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was fun going. Um, well, it's funny because the bridesmaids were all drinking, as you can imagine, the champagne. And I was trying my best to keep, well, I didn't because I just, I'm older and my tolerance is so low that I just didn't want to end up, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, so, but it was, it was fun nonetheless. Yeah. Well, yeah. And your husband, I, I don't know if I met him because every time we go back more than three years, more, more than the pandemic now, I'm like, I don't know. I was seven. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, but I feel like I do. He, he's got one of those like personalities or faces or something that when I see him on camera or when I see him playing an instrument, I, I, the instant thought that goes into my head is that guy seems just like really nice. You know, like, like not like me or like other people that we know that are fine people, but they're not nice. They're right. Not, they're not like, not nice, no. yeah. <laughs> which I know, you know nice people hate that by the way. They, 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 they can't stand that. It's true. And I'll tell you what's funny is a, a, a friend of ours who I, a mutual friend, I don't know, not to get into the trenches already, but that I don't even know if you still are really in contact with, um, who we did Just that track with. Say the name. No one's going to know. Joey Bork. Joey Bork. Oh, no. Joey, Joey decided that I aligned with the feminists and now he doesn't want me. Uh, yeah. 
Um, he was, he said, you know, there's something about it that makes me think of Jesus when he was describing Nathan, like, you know, he seems like this happy jazz Jesus. And, uh, and I get that, that vibe definitely, you know, when you get to know him, you realize he's not that nice. <laughs> yeah, just, I know, you had children, that nice shit went right out the window. Let, let me, let me put it to you this way. I think he's a wonderful man and, and, and he's my husband, <laughs> but, um, what's good about him is he holds people to a high regard and expects, I think expects uh, a lot. Oh, he's, well, he's got integrity. He's, oh, that's the word for it. <laughs> yes, he's got integrity. There you go. Thank you. Wordsmith, Melissa Lauren, everybody. Can we, can we please tell um, the, uh, the funny part of the origin story of the name Melissa Lauren? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, so Melissa, so my hold on, hold on. Is- Melissa, we're going to need, okay, go ahead. No. <laughs> so my last name is Pizarowski. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So no, I, 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 listen, it, it should be like this anyways, but go ahead. No, no, please don't mind, put it just on me. <laughs> it makes me really? very uncomfortable with my howdy doody bangs that were cut too short. Um, my last name is Pizarowski, Polish. And when I released my, I think my first, I had, a, I don't know, back in like 2010, I got, or 20, whatever, um, had my first grant to do an album and I was toying around with, well, no one's going to, Pizarro, it was actually, I think it was James B actually that we were, that on, on the boat that we said we needed to think of another name for me. Uh, so people could find it a little bit easier. And my middle name is Lauren. So it's not that mm. much of a departure. Like it's, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. It doesn't seem obnoxious. Like I'm changing my, I'm not a name changey kind of person. Um, but the, so I went ahead, got the website, got a new domain, changed everything to Melissa Lauren. And, yeah. and this is, this is 10, again, 2020, 2009, maybe. And I remember getting a call from my dad, my mom. And because uh, I said, I got this new website, guys, this is look at me with my website, you know, <laughs> and uh, Melissa Lauren music was the key because Melissa yeah. Lauren, my Melissa Lauren music. Because all the other when you didn't put Melissa Lauren music, all you got was a, a Melissa Lauren playing the flute. Right. Well, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> There's a my, my mom calls me. She's oh, my God. She's like, what? Have you seen your website? We just put in Melissa Lauren dot com. And and and. It turned out that much to my father's horror, the um, Melissa Lauren is also a uh, very was a fairly. I think she's now graduated into directing. Um, excuse me, oh, well, that's uh, good. A very famous French porn star. Um, right. The hardcore. Well, I mean, I don't think there's different. I don't think there's a. Yeah. What, well, can we just t- just for a moment? What what is softcore? What, what is that? I don't even know well, what it is. Saying, is that when you don't show the gratuitous part? Spectrum I really want to get into, but it, it was pretty hardcore stuff. <laughs> so you can only imagine that I was like, oh, this is going to have, this is going to, there's no way this is not going to lead to a bunch of misunderstandings. And, and, and it was a delightful, I'd say good five to 10 years of hilarious misunderstandings where I, at the time I was teaching privately, I had students and I'd, and they'd, um, people the uh, mothers and fathers oh let me find the can we find you online i say please make sure the music yeah. is in there music the interesting family oh shit they wrote mucus mucus Fuck. oh no <laughs> James. oh and, and so the fan let, like i was getting weird like the funniest part was some of the youtube con- comments on some of my older videos mm. where you'd get these idiots that would actually write things like oh she she looks so different than when I saw her in, you know, blah, 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 and the blah. I didn't know she could sing. Hey, <laughs> I looked at the record. I looked nothing like the woman. And, uh, you know, she was beautiful. And 
but uh, it just, it was, it was hilarious. I was having people translate these French love letters and, and I've got to say her fans were pretty devoted and pretty, uh, for the most part, gentlemanly, the ones that I stumbled upon. And I'm hoping that if anything, I made a couple of uh, hardcore porn addicts into jazz fans. So. You know, in fairness, um, people have heard her sing before, but it sounds like this. What? Mm-hmm. 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 Sorry. Someone's been doing this to my parents. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Shit. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. There's not it's, about this. I it's not about you. It's say, about. I'm going to swear. It's all yeah. this. <laughs> it's about that other lovely lady. Um, it's funny also because uh, I now live in what I think is the international Polish headquarters of the planet, Where? which is like right beside Wilno. I live in like that area and it's like the first Polish settlement ever in North oh, America. Oh. Um, Polish men are interesting. They, um, they are very proud people. <laughs> More you know? so than like, I don't know that I, I mean I I've never really noticed them to be more so than other Eastern European or well. Well, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Okay, so I'm going to tell a quick Polish story because um my when 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 I moved up here, I live in the Madawaska Valley. I live in a place called Killaloo, right beside Wilno. Um, the area here is a weird patchwork. It's like draft dodgers from the Vietnam War that started a commune called Morning Glory, and then they have a, a bunch of artists, and then they have a bunch of libertarians get off my lawn, and then they, you know, but there's all these little pockets, but it's all Polish people. Like I work at the, the public library, and if if we had a, a database that was just for people with the SKI uh, <laughs> suffix, yes, it would be like ninety percent of of our things, like. It's crazy. Um, but there's a thing called Kashubia. Do you know about this? Kashubia? No, unless you're pronouncing it incorrectly. Oh, this is great. Uh, so, so uh, like, I don't know how many years ago, sometime in the 20th century, or, or maybe even earlier, I don't know. But um, they discovered, or someone claimed, that there was a lost sort of Polish tribe, and a bloodline called the Kashubians. Kashubians. And there were people that were like 50 and just knew themselves as Polish people their whole lives who became the most patriotic Kashubians you have ever seen in your life. And it was just surreal because when I moved, they want to talk to you about it. They're like, James, I just got a book on Kashubia. Did you know? And it's like things like patterns for like dresses. And I'm just like, I, you know, like, wow. Okay. And he's like, and we've been oppressed for far too long. And I'm like, really? Have you ever been oppressed? Gil or whatever. Like, I have, you, have, you, have you been oppressed before? Well, they didn't like even talk about been... my heritage. I'm just like, come on. I, I feel like we would have taken that somewhere back in our days of fixation when we would with I'm just picturing I wish Laura was here to be honest. Our, our dear friend Laura would have would have no 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 <laughs> <laughs> like the the you know like um just I'm just I, I was thinking I was doing similar to what you were saying and I was thinking back on our the, the our friendship and the length and I was like I feel like a lot of our hangs involved James not having shoes and us not knowing why <laughs> or there's always some kind of like weird like weird thing that just punctuated the event like yeah in some way or another, whether it was like a bleeding nose or, or we realized that you hadn't had shoes since the island and, and you were barefoot <laughs> walking through the city, like just bizarre. I walked from Chiro- like the ferry when you get off after Toronto Island, from there to Laura's house at Bathurst <laughs> with bare feet. And you know what? Totally wrong was there and Laura and I looked down and I'm like, James. And I was just like, my calluses are so mighty that I don't even feel the glass. It's fine. <laughs> Like, I have a protective layer of goose poop. 
<laughs> on the bottom of my feet. I was um well that was kind of dark dark years for me. It's so funny. I, I was like I was always the laughiest guy, I think. But um yeah, I mean I was basically homeless for like no, no. Well, I'm I was. Laughing. I'm not. I should. I am laughing, but no. You're. I. It's true. I guess you're right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was sleeping on like couches, and yeah. I slept in um outside like for two weeks. I I didn't really tell anyone. Yeah, because I didn't. I, I started feeling, and mostly because uh, some people said it to me straight up, and other people just acted like it. Where it was like it was sort of wearing thin, and I get it because I wasn't making any progress at the time. I was like, how do I make progress? I'm, I don't have any money. I don't have an apartment. I don't have any food. I'm somehow high all the time, which is. It's amazing how that could be prioritized for sure. Oh no, you froze. (laughs) Did I freeze? Should I sing the Christmas carol? <laughs> the Christmas Should I leave and go back in? Already live. Okay, that that was interesting. Did you guys see the whole time? What? The whole time going fucking fucking fucking. No. Yeah, the stream said it was ending, then it was starting again, then it wasn't, and I don't know. I don't know if we have two podcasts floating around now, but I'll fix it later. Sorry, but the time treat the time clock hasn't changed. Like it's still fifty. It's been going the same. Okay, good. Um, so it's probably just frozen for a while. That happens up here sometimes. I have uh, Elon Musk internet, the Starlink thing. And um, it's actually the most reliable internet I've ever had. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's like, I don't know. He, he nailed it. Satellite internet. And it's so awesome because it comes with this app. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But it has this app and you face the camera up to the sky. Uh, sorry. And you make sure the screen is facing you and you put it up to the sky. And it will show you where all of the Starlink satellites are and where you should put the dish so that it has a clear sight. 
it's oh, amazing. Cool. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I was paying five hundred. Oh no. Either. Oh, I hear. Oh, are we back? I think so. I hear you breathing. Okay. Uh, how many minutes have been? Sixty minutes. Okay. I don't know why this is happening. Um, I guess it has something to do with the ice storm outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been ice storming. Okay. Um, so you were talking about you, sorry. You were talking about how you were almost you were basically homeless, but yeah. And what got you out of that? Like what? What? Um. Well, you well now how you're we're both parents, pretty damn good parents, from what I understand. Imagine yeah. where we came from, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah, totally. Um, one night I was out uh, sleeping in the park in the annex, like that's just north of Blue or whatever, whatever that little park is. And I got um, I ended up talking to this guy and this and his friend. They just came from like some after party, and it was the professor. And the professor is like one of the most famous street ball basketball players ever. Oh no! And that was my last night um sleeping outside because I was like. I can't just do this. <laughs> I got to do something. I thought you were and, saying he took you in and made you his uh, protege. And <laughs> yeah. uh, James, I was going to make you uh, my protege, but you've been up for four days on. I don't even know. So, <laughs> yeah. um, no, but but he did talk a lot about how because he's a white guy in a black man's sport and right. he's really good, but he still has that sort of extra little thing to prove because he's a white guy in a black guy sport. So, um, but he used to he. he in that during that morning whatever talked a lot about how uh like he was trying to give me advice and stuff about um you know about being able to secure a better future when you're in the thralls of rock bottom mm. right and um and what you need how you need to think and all that kind of stuff and you know i listened and um it did motivate me to never sleep outside again but um i was still basically a loser for another 10 years probably <laughs> something like that you know i just didn't know how to learn lessons i wasn't like you guys you guys like you you know grew out of phases you know i just made the phase bigger <laughs> as much as I well could. you know what i don't know there's i always say i now funnily enough i work in the field of addictions and mental health and one thing that i've definitely learned in just life situations is it could just be the slightest wind blow that changes the difference between how one person's life turns out or one person's presenting anyway, uh, and, and the other, you know, um, I don't yeah, know. that, that synchronicity has a funny yin yang thing to it. Like I've, uh, you know, it's, it's, I didn't, I don't, I still don't really know how to explain it, but since I don't really believe in like an omnipotent being synchronicity works for me, like it just, <laughs> because it's still sort of mis mysterious and, um, like how you meet people. Like I met you, I, I know how I, how I met you and it was because I met Laura and I met Laura because I offered Adam can a cigarette as a stranger in Pickering. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's my favorite synchronicity story. So I was living with my, so I was always struggling Melissa and I was living with my mom in uh, South Oshawa, the pretty neighborhood of South Oshawa, Oshawa. when I was 22 and um, my buddy got signed to Universal as a producer and he wasn't allowed to do work with rappers anymore. So I was going to try to meet another producer. And I saw this guy walking along the subway station platform in Pickering. And uh, my buddy Nigel just told me, you know, yeah, you got to snap out of it. You know, remember, like, the balance is in everything. Hip hop is in everything. Try to make a good situation happen, James. And I was like, whatever. So I did by offering a guy a cancer stick when, uh, when all these other people were refusing him. And the funny thing is, is that he didn't ask me. He just walked by. 
And I held out a pack and I gave him one. And, you know, two months later, I'm living with him. We become business partners. 15 years later, I'm the best man at his wedding. You know, oh, and, we're still, and we're still really good friends. Um, if I didn't offer that cigarette, synchronicity would have taken my life somewhere completely different. Yeah. I'd probably still be in South Oshawa. So I'd be smoking hash oil. And even though I'm bald, I'd probably still grow this shit or something. For right. some reason. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, and yeah, so I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, can you talk about your like your family roots is it okay that i tell people that you're adopted i guess it's okay yeah I just yeah, yeah absolutely what's interesting is that um yeah like i'm very very lucky because i have the most amazing i've always had the most amazing supportive family that i couldn't have gone below much of a I, nothing any of our youth shenanigans could never have really taken me away like there th there's just no way um i have such wonderful parents and and uh they're they're wonderful wonderful people uh, but when i did find out recently when my husband bought just because we've been curious because my like after i had my daughter it was the first time i've ever very 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 intense for me because I realized I had never um met something something <laughs> she's human um that I um was it was just just thinking about how out this could have be if I like brought in like a large pickle in a blanket and like this is my daughter like you know like just wow she's insane um but my daughter <laughs> seeing something that was you know my blood was like so intense. It caused a whole bunch of crazy problems for my brain that still continue to this day. Like I have a very heightened fight or flight because I'm always thinking someone's going to take her away from me. Um, I, I found a way to really make it so that I'm, you know, she doesn't hopefully get that most of the time, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. but, but Nathan had bought me a DNA test. Um, one of those, you know, those things yeah. that are probably just trying to find information out but for government but anyway when so i did it your nanobot mining yeah it's all yeah. such bullshit but the one funny thing that i got from it was like it showed up that i had a fairly large percentage of italian in my roots and i was like what the heck is this and then my mom uh, when i showed her when i because we don't really, really talk about it much it wasn't anything that i was curious about i had wonderful parents what i need to know about my roots um she, she told me the story that my my adopted mother or sorry my my natural birth mother was young Italian Catholic, you know, for got pregnant by some big, tall, blonde, you know, Germanish person on like a vacation. You mean dad? Just kidding. Yeah, dad. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in, in like in like uh, on vacation or something. And then uh, her parents were very. They're all from the states. So this hmm. is a bit of synchronicity right here all from the States. But at the time in Canada was the only government, her parents were very strict Catholic Italian. The only place where it was subsidized for a, uh, a young mother basically to go into a nunnery and, mm. um, and, 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 and be kind of kept away and give birth to the baby. And then the baby get, was in Toronto. I don't remember the name of it, but Laura remembered. Laura was like, Oh, I feel like my dad used to work for it and whatever. So just by that weird thing, I, she landed in Toronto and, uh, and had me and then went back. And I don't think from what I understand, the father never knew anything about it. Um, and, uh, and I found out that she uh, had uh, played guitar and sang. Um, and that's about all the information that they knew. Um, which to me, I just assumed I was the product of a crack baby, like a, you know, a, a crack, like I, I, that's what I, I just assumed because you hear adoption and children's aid, you automatically assume. Uh, and your mother's name is Melissa Lauren, Melissa Lauren. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, so isn't that interesting? So that was kind of interesting to kind of navigate because part of the reason we looked into it too was for just health, you know, wanting to know what health things to be screened for and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. But Did you meet her? 
No, no, I, I have no more information than that. We don't. Oh, okay. Um, Do you, would yeah. you want to meet her? You know what's interesting? I haven't felt any. It's one of those things where I'll remember it maybe once a couple times a year when I get like one of those uh, 23andMe things, the DNA. This is you've got new DNA relatives and they're all like third cousins somewhere. And mm. uh, and I haven't diving into it. I haven't. I just haven't felt the urge. It's very interesting. I haven't felt. You know, Melissa, need. we're pies on now. Just to let you know. I know. I say that. And I obnoxiously tell all my Italian friends, and I like go out of my way to be really, really, really like, great. Like I introduced, like, it was funny because I, I, another friend of mine, I saw doing the same thing. There's lots of Italian drummers in the jazz industry and you want to always introduce them with the, with the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, once you're Italian, you can walk around smacking people on their bums. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You get arrested in like a week. What? A paisani? You told me. <laughs> paisani is a sandwich. Oh my god! Yeah, what paisans say? Yeah. Um. Okay. So, when when you when you and I were responsibly navigating the rave scene, um, responsibly you, navigating the rave scene. Yeah. No, I'm trying my best here. Yeah. Right? By responsibly, I mean everyone got the same amount of pills. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. I don't I think that's accurate. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead to this. Um, but when say the year 2000, tell me, give me a, an idea of how you approached your singing career. Um, because I remember the only thing I remember from the early days is that performance. That I think I lost your sound, but um. possible am i good now no there you are yeah okay um when you started your your career like i want to start in like the year 2000 or something because there was a time i think it was 2004 uh or five when i was about to move to saskatchewan and you did this like performance at a club and just like east of young i can't remember which one it was harlem maybe um and it was two stories sort of thing but it was your i think it was your premiere album oh god yeah 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 yeah. that was that was my little yeah that was my yeah that was a silly album i wasn't not a silly album i shouldn't say that it was like my first like i was in university is my university album and Mm. but yeah we did the i think for me what happened was i did it in school i had spent my my teenage years and early 20s doing like with the swing touring with like a swing band and playing with the swing band the tunnels or big band or whatever and then i was doing all these gigs and when i stopped playing with them it was like oh like i went from doing like a couple gigs a week to all summer doing all the festivals to nothing and it's like i guess i should kind of try to do this on my own and that's kind of what happened with it i yeah. I, um, I i started trying to do my own trio stuff in the city and and you know, it was a it was a uh, you know, branched into doing um, my own music. And uh, when, you know, to be honest, like just this past couple of years, I've really only started to understand the groove of it and like how to tap into touring and and, uh, and grants and all that stuff. And uh, been at kind of a point where it feels like the administrative side of it is, is not necessarily worth. It's not always, I'm happy when I'm on stage and singing, but I feel like not and the other not enough to necessarily always um, justify all the other stuff that goes along with like the 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 grind when you're not like a you know when you don't have a whole team right and uh, but but 
yeah. So that said, I, I, this last tour that I went on was, was actually great. The shows were amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I felt, and I was like, oh, because it was during the pandemic, there was all this lead up to recording albums and, and doing all this, like the prep work, but you hadn't actually performed live in, in a really long time. And you and lost so, your guitarist like a week before you went, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And it was very much like for a year and a half. I hate this. I hate everything about this. I hate music. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. Like you hate it. And then you get up on the stage in front of an audience and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I do like this, you yeah. know? And, and me, and me, me, me. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. It feeds right yeah. into it. I really tried to kind of go out of my way to make it a little bit more of an ex, like using lots more, like using choirs involved in my stuff and, and, uh, and incorporating a, one of the songs we wrote that's recently was with one of the addictions counselors at my work. Um, and just, I'm, fi- I'm finding it more interesting now to collaborate with other people and finding that when I was young, starting out, I just was too afraid to ask anyone to work with me other yeah. than just hiring them to do a show. And then you realize as you get over, as you get older, oh, look, that, that people want to do stuff with you, you know, yeah. and, and that's so much more fun. Um, Segway we, into our songs. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. That was great. Um, but so, uh, 2008, something like that, maybe nine. I don't know. Um, this, I think this would have been like eight, nine. Yeah. yeah something like that. We had our, uh, you know, in our circle of friends, uh, there was somebody who knew the director of this film and it's called, uh, ecstasy. It was based on urban Welsh's novel. He's the train spotting guy. We, and so we sat with the director and and I convinced him to let me submit a song for the movie. And when the movie came out, I was almost happy the song didn't make it. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like it, it, oh, it really? Got, it felt <laughs> like half watching, a star. Yeah, it, it was brutal, right? Um, but they also went for like big music. They went for like well-known music instead. So whatever. Um, but um I love everything about doing this song because I worked with you and I worked with Joey, um, AKA hibernate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Joey's apartment. There's a bunch of things that I remember about doing this. Uh, and one of the things was knowing that, um, that both of you were quietly mocking every time I spoke about something because no. I didn't know the right terminology. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? And, and uh, sorry, and it was um, it was neat seeing uh, you know everything come together and and how mad Joey would get. Are you sure when, that I was? I don't think I feel like I remember this experience. And I'll, I'll let sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Well, it's it was probably more right like Joey, it was probably more like Joey mocking me, yeah. and you trying to make Joey feel better by sort of smiling, but then looking yes. at me and going. Hey, it was a very yeah. crazy dynamic. I remember thinking the two like just like just being right smack dab in the middle. And you guys had been staying, you've been together for a couple of days and I was kind of in oh. and out and just like. And a couple like, days with Joey is like a month, right? Like you two, yeah, you two have such extreme personalities, on, but like the, the him, you know, I get it. But this, the, and I feel like there was a little bit of a pressure on this too, because didn't we have a time crunch? Well, um, but I remember it was artificial. Felt- it, 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 it was sort of artificial. I, I gave us the, the deadline, but it, it had to be in a certain time, but I trimmed it by a week. And yeah. we were still only four days ahead of time. So it was like, you know. Um, but I'm going to play some of it. Um, so we, so yeah, Joey was mad because I called myself a co-producer. He's like, how many times did you sit in front of this gear again? I'm like, none. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, what about Puff Daddy? He's like, no. 
why do I, I remember? I liked the process of working on the the the, the lyric and the melody in that part. I, I did love that, and I I know that I feel like there was we were all kind of to a certain degree each a little bit extended out of our um, comfort zones because Joey would very honestly said this is not typically the type of stuff that I do. Like we tried to go mm. for that drum and bass kind of feel, so he yeah. probably had that insecurity. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You so I, like it was so funny. At one point, you were like. Uh, James, are you sure there's enough fucking lyrics here? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you obviously had this vision, but it was like, but, but yeah, but like, and trying to communicate, like, and this is, this is a very common thing in the studio and, and, and music anyways, is, is finding a way to communicate what you want to do with, with artistic terms that are, may not be, no one's mm. really dealing with technicality, no technical terms. Like, so anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to full screen this and just play it for like uh, a minute or something like that. And then we'll come back. One second just before just before my little rap verse comes in um joey opens up a drawer at his desk and <laughs> is like oh that ecstasy pill and i just went i remember that what the fuck and i'm like let's go to the recording booth in like 45 minutes <laughs> so that's i remember it. that i remember and i remember thinking and then i think because joey never did that stuff really much anyway and i remember that probably was part of what his like he's like nah, 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 nah. but uh no not like but like fair and just like and that's i think that was the moment where i had to really play yeah <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, all through all three and then the um I love that I'm on empty. I forgot about that. I'm still cringing at the watch me trip. <laughs> yeah, that, I, yeah, I don't know like that line either. I don't know why we kept that in. Oh god, that's my fault. That's my anyway. fault. Okay, um, I'll just play the verse. And uh, I actually think my verse is a little cheesy, but you know, I spent more time writing your lyrics, and I, I like, you know, what took the subway to my friend Shane's house, and I'm like, can you play reggae guitar for like eight riffs? He's like, yeah, <laughs> he did it. Brought it to Joey, and that's what I feel gives me the producer credit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get on the subway, Joey. Fuck. Anyways, okay, here. Oh, and we waited until I was right peaked. Okay. It's best to me, best to be Trapped inside the eye of a black and sea Happily come back for me 
tripping from that little piece of something Heathens freezing, pure undefeated Sweat drop deepens like lust when that is season Pleasing the hard times, gone with no reasons I'm an E-head, rushing up until I am bleeding Believing the DJ, build up to something Serotonin rushing, function not sticking And tricking your brain into Queen Street thinking ecstasy, best to be Trapped inside the map of a black MC Happily attractive and free Our chemical romance get you and me And then it goes on. I think it's so good. You're so laid back in your delivery. And the one thing I noticed is like, I'm still just like ahead of everything, like not quite in the pocket. So uh, yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, you're, you're, I I gave you literally lyrics that I rapped out and then was like, I'll get Melissa to sing these rap lyrics. I still (laughs) like like it. I like it. Yeah. I thought it was dope. Um, And it was fun. And we, 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 we've like jammed a couple of times together, but it was, um, yeah, you were, you were one of the people in that group that I was like, oh, Melissa's here. I feel more comfortable now. You know? <laughs> I'm not the only one laughing and laughing and laughing yeah, and saying you. I'm sorry and laughing. And <laughs> it was very fancy Mel- people that we hung out with. Melissa is no there were. Um Melissa was the, <laughs> well, I mean sort of, but not really. They weren't at the after party, but maybe before then. Um, but Melissa, um sorry, I've distracted myself into to not remembering what I was saying. Um oh, Melissa is the most quintessential Canadian ever. And the stereotype of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, is like you. Like, I was surprised you didn't find out your adopted mom was like a father of Confederation's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the sorries. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, it, but I learned through you that it's contagious. Oh, to, 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 you know, if you already have that kind of that in you, I think, because I, I don't, you and I are the only two people that really will just get caught in the loop. Like an infinite I'm sorry loop, which <laughs> yeah. I think we've had. Most people are just like, don't be sorry. Like is is, is are Melissa and James on K? Why are they do what are they doing? Oh, they're just being polite. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just trying to be polite. That's all. They're compensating for something that we can't talk about. <laughs> Otherwise they're just being polite. Um do you miss those days? Because I fucking don't. No, I don't. It makes me sick no. to my stomach sometimes to think about them. I, you know, it's funny when I, there was, I had one moment when I was with my daughter, Leah, on New Year's Eve. We were home listening to the ball drop in a bunch of different places uh, just because my husband had a gig and whatnot. And I was listening to this music that was kind of like party music. Like, I don't even know how to describe the different types of house music. That's how much I'm not in the thing. And no, I never liked that. I always like the more kind of stuff with a bit of a, a groove. But, oh, um, the J- yeah, who used to say that one of our crew members used to say they used to have an argument. I think it was with I can't remember who it was with, but um, one person was like pro trance and the other one was pro house. And once the pro house guy was like, you can't fuck to trance. People were like, oh, that's kind of true. I mean, we've all done it, but it's kind of true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it was house music got got the crown for as we started to get older because it was more, you know sexy and sophisticated I think. So, so, well yeah and I, I didn't like the, I liked the kind of more grimy stuff but I'm, I, I was funny because I had a moment where I was like this reminds me of, of New Year's Eve in Montreal in like 2007 and like the club and you know and the everything and the other yeah. things and the, <laughs> and the, yeah. and the ah, just the <laughs> euphoria and uh and for like a split second, I was like, that was fun. But I don't, I, but no, that, then I was like, no, no. And then I remembered everything, the days that followed and all the craziness and, and the uncertainty and the just, you know, no. It was, yeah, it was oh, stressful. It was, 
it was for the most part i didn't i don't miss it i i miss sometimes going out with my friend like i miss a little bit like just going out to for example to like a restaurant or a bar with my friends and like li or listening to good music or like going to a salsa club but that side of it no <laughs> i'm glad we had those experiences for sure that was what, what else is the um first of all i credit i know no, this sounds I just, crazy i just have to interrupt you right here because my daughter yeah. just arrived home i'm gonna oh, <laughs> just before we go into any just yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so anyways, we were studying uh, the classics. Um, Hold on one second. Let me yeah, just, go ahead. one second. I'll be right back. Um, Moshe has a very, very adorable little girl. Um, and um, I think is following in her footsteps. Um, this filler content is brought to you by Melissa's daughter who just came home. And uh, Melissa is doing the proper motherly thing and saying hello to her daughter who just came home, who, by the way, is your twin. I know. She's very sweet. Wait, She's hold on. Are you the daughter? Because I, 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 I've noticed that kids do actually age like soap opera kids. It's not just something that happens in soap operas. They, they age really quickly. Like my yeah. son is like 30. I swear. Your, your, your kids look like you too, though. Your daughter is so cute. I don't usually say that to people like because I just obviously you think your kid is a cute, but she, your, your daughter, Jesus Christ, she's very, very cute. I know. You said that to me once years ago. You were like, I don't want you to ever repeat what I'm saying as a mother, but... I feel like our kids are tied for being cute, and I don't understand. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Some of those, yeah, uh, yeah. And I and I think my response was tied, <laughs> right? Because, but you know that the the, the I, I noticed that I have a um, like I, I joke with people that when uh, when my daughter was born, I went from being half Italian to four hundred and eighty one percent Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I know where I smell what you're stepping in. Here. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and it. Uh, but it, there is something about daddies and daughters that is like both magical and kind of annoying. Because <laughs> like, I know if I give in, it's not going to be that great for her development. But Jesus, look at her. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Really I know. helpless. <laughs> yeah. But little girls and little boys. Um, I have one of each. and. Yeah. I've talked to other people with little girls that I literally call my friend. I'm like, Hey Mike, um, I don't know how to really word this. But, um, has your daughter ever seen, and he's like fucking crazy. And I'm like, yes. Right. So it's like, yeah, all the time, dude, like little girls go through this phase where, and I think it's unique with a lot of them of how it manifests, but it's just like, Oh, I realized I'm cute. Oh, I can work it to my advantage. Oh, add a tantrum and we're in business. We're in business. <laughs> like, you, know? you know, I don't know that it's that it's funny because I get it. I get because my unfortunately, I Leah got a lot of my um personality traits as well. And my 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 father laughs often because he says, like just the way when she gets grumpy, when she's stubbornness, there's certain things that he just laughs. He goes, Oh my gosh, I'm I That's thought this day he's sitting back having a martini and a cigar saying, Oh well, good luck in a couple of years, you know, a bit, but I, I understand when she's grumpy, I get it. I could predict certain things. I could predict certain, like to the point where I almost feel like I'm managing her, like she's Diana Ross and I'm her like, like, you know, her team or something, <laughs> which is almost like, this is going to upset her. And like Nathan will be so confused. He's like, why is she upset? 
what's going on? And like, what? to know how to deal with this shit. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You can't be, you have to just be a little bit crazy yourself. Like I, I just get her. I get what's going on in her mind. I could read it from a mile away. And I, I, you know what, this is not fair to say, because I'm sure as years go on, that's not going to always be the case. And I'm probably overgeneralizing and simplifying a little bit, but I could just tell, Ooh, yeah, no, that looks means that that's going to be a problem. Da, 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 da. And there's yeah. this, this like good, this kind of balance between tiptoeing around them. You don't want to do that, but you selfishly don't want to have to deal with bringing them down if they have a tantrum. So there's. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Offer some unsolicited parenting advice yeah. for, for something I did with my daughter. Um, so she would get mad at kids at school or or at, at Casper, her brother. So I'm like, Lizzie, we need a kill list. Um, so and, we, and every time we put a name on the kill list, oh daddy will take daddy will take care of it. And, and so and then I started thinking through, and I'm like, maybe it's not a good idea. Um, so so what I did was I used utilized the kill list as a tool of forgiveness. I made all this shit up. I have no idea if I'm doing damage or not, but we developed the kill list. I thought that was cute. And then the next day I was like, you know, maybe we can forgive Brantley, your classmate, and, and take him off the kill. I was ready to kill Brantley. I don't give a fuck, right? He's not my kid. So, um, but, but I was like, maybe we should forgive him. So now she does it so that she can forgive. So That's not a bad idea. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe you could could possibly replace the word kill with something a little less extreme, but, oh, but like maybe the torture but team maybe, or something. But, Torture, <laughs> torture till they can't. Yeah, yeah no. Are you gonna like, pull the skin off, Daddy? Are you? Are you? <laughs> yes, I am. I think, Make you somersaults like, in vinegar. It's not a good. It's because yeah. you know what I try to like, and I. The thing is, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll just when I'm having a really bad mental health day and fly off the handle. Like I, I um, and and uh, and then I'm modeling some really fucked up behavior to her, and then. And then like, I feel like I lose my clout for about a week or so. Right. Cause I, but I'm what, what I, what I'm a huge fan of is just actually talking about it and saying, look, I was really, it was inappropriate when I said what I said about so-and-so yesterday. I'm sorry you had to hear it. You know, like, you know, uh, um, I was really mad and I didn't know how to control myself and I, I should have known that. And I'll talk to her about it. And she, I, within kids, like without taking it too far and like explain over explaining stuff that at a level that's beyond her six and almost seven. Oh, I do that all the time. My kids look at me like, Jesus fucking Christ, get on with it. Dad. Like, get on with it. Yeah. And then yeah. she's, then we do talk about it. And then like, I implement the, you know, like, okay, how are you going to self-regulate? Like this is, we did weren't, we were not taught that we weren't taught to just go sit and find just squish. We weren't taught that. And I, and no, uh, well, I was taught how to use um, the dial on the TV. 
That was that was yeah. the biggest lesson I learned well, for the first 10 years of my life. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly not my like and even just our generation, like in school, like they're doing these intense like I mean, I think there's a little bit of that. Yeah. OK, they're getting their hand held a little bit too much, but they're definitely they're acknowledge one thing that I always find when I'm in a state of fight or flight and uh, at the point where I'm just like. Like you might as well be attacking me with machete, even though it's something, but really it's because, you know, it's something so small. It's usually, um, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Is, is it like the last oh, item on the pile no, of bad things sort of thing? People, well, people would not acknowledge it. Like it, we don't validate it, the experience. We just, oh, it's going to be fine. You're fine. You know, it's going to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and don't worry about it. Whereas I think. Bottle it down. It'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah. You got to just say that it's, that it, oh yeah, that does suck. And like working with people that are in crisis now all the time, like you, the one, the, such a simple, 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 simple thing. Listen to them scream for a little bit. Tell them, yeah, that would fucking suck. I'm not feeling what you're feeling right now, but I could see that you're feeling like you're being attacked, you know. And and I think that we should do that with our kids too, you know. And uh, yeah, um, one time I, I did lose my temper a little bit, like because I, I was telling someone the other day, <clears throat> there's no religion in our house. In fact, I've already um, created the master blueprint to create atheists, um, which is I, I'm, I'm doing. Um, so the, people are like, shouldn't you give them the choice? And I'm like, no, I don't think I should. I, I, yes, I, when they're 18, they're allowed to think of religion. Right, yeah. Uh, that's just me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's worked out well, actually. I mean, my son is like, call, he told his grandmother the other day, he's like, uh, Granny, you do know that Jimi Hendrix taught Jesus how to play guitar, right? Because he saw it on The Simpsons. So that makes, that makes me feel good. And also, and this, I think, I think I created this. If someone else did, it's a coincidence. But you know how, like, whatever you are and you, you find out about the tooth fairy and the fucking Santa Claus and all that kind of shit? Just throw Jesus into the mix. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I know. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I've had my own struggles with this topic as well. Um, because I I'm not making fun of anyone for, for religion. No, just, of course not. And I actually had to have a conversation with my daughter the other where I had to apologize and say, just for the record, mommy doesn't think that people that think that believe in Jesus are not smart. I think we all, cause I, I kind of came across that way and it was in the moment of like anger about church and blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and I made it clear to her that I don't believe it. And, and, uh, but then I had to kind of backpedal and say, it's okay that your half of your family does. And that's, that's totally fine. Like, yeah, they're on the her. mentally kind of whatever side of the family. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I wouldn't never say that either. But what if, what if someone was like, well, what about rationalism? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when she gets to the age where she's going to be like, okay, I'm not judging my family members, but where's the I've evidence? Put, I've, my, I've put you know? Jesus into the same category as the tooth fairy and, um, mm. and, uh, and Santa Claus once by accident. And then I realized, oh no, like, and like, it's not just like thing like Santa Claus. And I'm like, oh, stop, Santa Claus is real. And then <laughs> like, this is, again, these are. No, issues. that's perfect though. That's, that's actually brilliant because subliminally they're already kind of connected. And then when you sit her down on the stool and, crash her universe i don't think we ever have to do that as parents i'm pretty sure they'll find out from kids at school oh right then they fake it for a couple of years because they want yeah that's rest. what i think that's kind of what happens yeah yeah oh look at yeah. that <laughs> people are listening someone loves you melissa look at that the saucy sea witch loves you <laughs> um which is actually just me as a woman um, are you serious no, no i'm not but we have a colleague here at the network who's like who was convinced for, I don't know how long that I was trolling. Oh, Laura. <laughs> Laura, is that you? Hey, yeah. Laura, do you want to come on? Laura's going to say no because of something, because I, I don't know. I'm in, I'm in my sweats. 
or something like that. But Laura, you're welcome to come on. Um, Laura Creedon um, is a teacher. Laura's had the craziest career, actually. She was like a PR person for a while. She's uh, one of the rave scene, you know, crew members that we used to hang out with. And um, yeah, one of the greatest people I think I've ever known. I'm going to put the link here, Laura, in the thing. This is a Laura link, everybody, even though it will work for anyone. <laughs> We're going to get Laura. someone really hating on us coming in. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say earlier before is that uh, we're the first generation, basically, who, if we raise our kids as non-believers, have zero leverage in the land of motivating children to fear their parents. Well, <laughs> that you're you kind of I guess you're taking it to, from an extremist point of view, but I think that like what I what I've said in the past was like you can I just tuned in and out then back into hear that. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say like. You know, what we would do, like, we want to still. Ins- I, I've what I've said in the past is just so with some, it's certain people believe in certain things to help instill to remind them to behave well in the world and treat other people with respect. And that's kind of where I've left it at. Like, you, people believe in a variety of different things to remind them of a set of rules that that they you're not. I, I always make sure that I say you're not going to like the whole Santa thing with the naughty or nice. I always make a point of saying there is no naughty or nice. You're not you are you can be bad. People are people are, quote unquote, do wrong things. And that's OK. You know, and we just we try to treat other people with respect. And I so there is I yeah. make sure I say that. As well, and I and the world is so fucked up that when you're my age, naughty becomes the good thing, and nice becomes the boring thing. Right? Like that's well, all, you know, the same. Like naughty becomes your mom's Halloween outfit, right? And nice, still your dad. Right. <laughs> so didn't that went over my head, and I think I'm gonna let it stay there. <laughs> oh, just just the whole naughty thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I always thought it was hilarious that like somehow. Um, somehow, I'm sure it was because men at marketing companies decided this, but uh, Halloween became like, oh, I get to dress like a total. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah we yeah. did that for years. We would find any different way to dress like a slut with me and Laura. Remember? I know. I, I hung out with you guys every Halloween. That's <laughs> right. Remember that? I, I remember that one party when me and Laura were bartending at that crazy thing that Mark Paul and his friends put on. And, and the living room? so drunk and like people at the party did and and we couldn't control it got totally out of hand because we didn't have any staff and like proper <laughs> licensed people yeah. and it was a disaster but laura can pop on if she wants because laura i remember when halloween us going out like dressed in the sluttiest of halloween costumes and i don't yet to use that word because i know there's I'm changing I, I think that Sorry. word is a positive so go naked ahead. nakedest let's put it this way at the most revealing halloween costumes maladonna through the ages that's it laura's saying and we went out the wrong weekend nobody else was dressed up so laura was in like comb boobs um, we were out in the streets of Toronto and uh, at a club dressed as Madonna through the ages, but like the naked versions and nobody else was dressed up. And it was just, that was really, <laughs> that is awkward, isn't it? <laughs> you guys are like, I think the hired help is here. <laughs> well, like- you know, if we weren't the partiers we were, we probably would have, should have just gone home, but I think we made it work somehow. <laughs> you know, I, I, we had a really kind of a interesting crew. Like we had like, there was all these talented people you know, all these, there was actually quite a large contingent of rich kids who had talent that didn't bother doing anything with it because they're rich. <laughs> it seemed like that. Um, but it was, it was neat. It, it taught, that crew taught me empathy. Really? And, well, I, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe, let me, let me retract. 
<laughs> it was the ecstasy that taught me. <laughs> I would say that's probably what I wanted to say. Okay, so okay, you, you, yeah, you're, you're right though. Okay, the ecstasy opened a window of empathy that remained open. And so I discovered that I had a little bit more substance than I did before I took it. And then the people that we hung out with um, were like, and I, you know, I, I'm fairly certain in hindsight, I wasn't very well liked among them, but I knew the right people. So I was always kind of around. Um, and they were right to not like me. I was kind of an arrogant dick back then, but, and drank and drugs and everything. But the idea of um, that, the settings when we're all kind of like, you know, on E and it's an after party and that there was no bullshit. And I come from a suburban area of Toronto called Whitby. And in the suburbs, almost everything is bullshit. Like the party will turn into a fight. The Bush party will turn into a fight. The blah, blah, blah. It's always like that. And these parties were like, it was the first time hanging with that crew that I, I would say something like this to another guy. Yeah, man, I think you just need to do what's like what you're feeling in your soul and just fucking that's what you should pursue, man. Like I'd never spoke like that to anybody because in the suburbs, it was like, oh, fucking no, you don't fucking do it tonight. Fuck. Like it was like that. I don't think I ever had a meaningful conversation with another man until like 2001 or something. And then, the, yeah. like, if anything, the parties would end up like cuddle part, cuddle puddles and like. Yeah. I couldn't get in the cuddle. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like, no, it's like, it's like, I'm on like two hits of E. I, you know, I'm going to be grinding against Joey in like five seconds. Or <laughs> no. just, because, just, just, oh, there's a hip there. Oh, that's not me. It's the ecstasy. I swear to God. <laughs> it's not, it's not oh, just for the record, we're speaking like 20 years ago. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, but I had the same haircut. So it, feel, it felt like the real me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And, oh, by the way, speaking of modeling, because you were saying, I think you were talking about modeling good behavior before. Yeah. But when I saw this picture, I was just like, Jesus effing Christ. Oh, did, you're going to do this. Did, did, did the devil wear product photographer take this? Because it <laughs> is. Jen Squires, baby, all the way. Look at you. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that you're like the original Melissa Lauren, but you kind of look French. My mom didn't like it because she thought my boobs looked lopsided and I refused. No, I am not getting it attached. Like, no, this is okay. Right. She's right. Just a little bit. The right, the one on the left, our left, is down about half an inch or something. Yeah, thank you for. I'm glad I drew attention to that as well. Um, and the but the I said, you know what? People's boobs are lopsided. I'm. You know what? That's the way it is. Screw it. <laughs> you know what's hilarious about that? I have an ex girlfriend. Um, and there was, she. I used to. And she probably hates me for this still, but I used to bug her about, I'm like, um, you know, can I sleep on the side with lefty? There's a lot more room on that side, <laughs> that kind of thing. Cause she had one that seemed like a C and the other one was like a B and I, and I used to, th and then we, we were passing by something and there was graffiti and it was like a little you and a big you. And I was like, see, <laughs> she was like, fuck you. Like, and, and then I got her a present once, you know, those things that women slip in their bras that feel like silicone. Yeah. They look like chicken breast. I, I bought her one for Christmas. <laughs> and that wasn't just because you were too cheap. It was, <laughs> no, it's because I was, I know I can just snot out of the joke that I knew she hated because that's <laughs> the kind of guy I was. Back then, right? I love it. We, yeah. And we opened the whole thing with talking about us. Some people are nice. But we're not those people. No, we we were not. We were decidedly not not nice to the people that weren't really part of our crew. I think like, and and to be honest, there was um and and now I'm extending the pool, as to not 
arouse suspicion of who I'm talking to, and because I'm not really specifically talking about anyone. But there was there ended up being a lot of infighting um, with a lot of people, and then it just kind of became, um, you know, the scene was over, and the scene was really the glue that held everyone together. I think, like the Cherry Beach parties and stuff like that. Like, you know, they still. I'm glad, I'm glad during all that time that I had a a different kind of like other side cruise and I had my music. No wonder I like the comments about your, how it didn't work. Um, the, uh, the side, like I had my, my own music. I had my music, man. No, but I had like, I had kind of my side scenes that weren't into that, which I, which I'm glad I had. And then the friends that, you know, what still translated even out of it, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I see nobody, and I'm happy happy about that. <laughs> I'm just I, I live you. in the sticks, and I, I I I see you right now, you know. And and I like I have become not introverted because I'm certainly not that content with never seeing anyone again. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, 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 I live like four hours. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't have. Um, I, I I'm glad to see my like my friends, and I will. You pick your when you're a parent, and you have work, and you have other things. You have to pick your times and. And I'm glad that my there's certain people that I want to make sure that I have time for, and then we're it's hard enough to get them together, but we do. And that always it always yeah. feels like a chore at first to organize it, but then it's always it keeps I think it keeps me um, mentally healthy for uh, for weeks afterwards. And I say this to clients all the time in the, in the mental health and addictions: you can't you just get meshed with your family, and and you need people outside of it to kind of remind you of who you are and how you, who you really are, you know, like not yeah. your family knows you, of course, but they also know you too well that they see they're so involved in your, um, in your actions and your behaviors that they, uh, they don't see it subjectively. And I think that's, what's good about having close friends. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that also when you have a reputation and you don't see somebody for many years, they may approach you um, as if you're still that person. Yeah. And that was like six Melissa's ago. Yeah. Or five James ago, whatever it is. I find that really annoying. Yeah. Because you're trying to like, you're trying to be yourself and you're trying to be like, oh yeah. So I, anyways, I stopped doing drugs and drinking um, or at least ecstasy <laughs> and I stopped drinking. And so now, you know, I just like do this and that. And they're like, come on, man. I know you're still into the rails and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people saying that? Still into well, the rails. Yeah, no. Well, people, I, I didn't realize, I don't even like saying it out loud now, but I have a uh, an addictive personality, I would rather say. Mm. And um, I don't like joking about it, be not because I'm like, listen, I, I took a long time to get off those. It's because I know that if he took one out, I'd probably do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I was an access addict. Yeah. If I moved away out of the city and I didn't have any sources, I was fine. Like, I didn't like sit there and climb the walls. But it's, you know, if I, if I go, you know, to a city and I know people there, it's actually better that I'm not drinking, you know, like since, since I quit drinking, because yeah. I don't know about you, but have you ever been like totally sober and been like, wow, I can really, I, I have a hankering for some cocaine right now. No. Like, it, needs, <laughs> it needs alcohol to convince your brain that. But there are some people, I, I work in the, the field. There are people that don't touch. Yeah. But no, I, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me a bit about your job. I, I thought you were a vocal coach. Is that right? No, or? no. I, I stopped. No. Doing, I wasn't happy teaching. I'm not a good teacher. I don't like teaching. I'm glad that I figured that out. And I went and did another, um, uh, I, during the pandemic, I, I was working in choirs and teaching and kids with autism and, and senior and doing music therapy in seniors homes. And it was, 
because of the pandemic, because it was a vulnerable populations, I was the first to kind of go, I was contract. So I decided to do another master's, like a second postgraduate kind of degree that was a little bit more practical because I needed a full-time job. Like it was insane. Mm-hmm. I, so I, um, I did, uh, addictions and mental health and, uh, and now I'm working as a intake. Well, it's a position are my, my two things. I started working at a place called alpha house, um, where I was doing, which is like a step out of recovery. Um, sober living, I guess, uh, where I was doing like arts-based groups for the guys. And I did my internship there and I loved it. I was like, wow, this is what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to, I still, music, I still love performing, but in terms of like, this is like a calling for you. I love it. I love it. And it's so, you think that it would be draining now during the day, my full-time day job is I do assessments and intakes for a renaissance recovery. I spent most of my time talking to people that are like high on crystal meth, um, you know, or, or on whatever substances and, uh, lots of you know people that have no houses and have like just like the, just trying to navigate the system and a lot of referrals like they would come from chemh and kind of deciphering where does okay where does the drugs come in and are they really do they have schizophrenia and making clinical judgments and i love it it's it's not the type of, you'd think that i would be depressed by the end of the day i'm not i don't know why it must I'm be therapeutic not. In a way. I love it. I it's mm. it's definitely uh, I, I just I really really enjoy it, and I'm actually doing starting next week a course with CAMH and U of T to be an opioid um, specialist to kind of understand a little bit more about that because um, um, because there's more um, you know uh, oh thank you <laughs> because there's just a need for it right now um, and uh, so I'm really enjoying it yeah well that makes me happy. Um, let, why don't you go before your daughter goes to bed so you can say goodnight and stuff. Um, but uh, I want to do, hold on. Just let me calculate it in my head first before I spew it out my cry hole, just in case it's, <laughs> oh, it's a good idea. Um, if we need to do like you, me, Melissa, you know, and, and a couple other people from that and, and, and talk about stuff from back then, because I actually, there's more positive than negative. Um, the friendship things for me didn't work out long-term for a lot of people, but you know, I still consider you and I will like, I think kind of know each other. Uh, and like, if, if we didn't see each other for 10 years and then we went and uh, you know, um, my new wife <laughs> and your, your <laughs> same husband, um, same get, husband. you know, go together for a drink or something like that. It's not like we're going to have to, we need a bit of buffer time to reacquaint yeah. ourselves. Like we're going to you know. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. That, that's, yeah, that's, there's no you know, anyway. same thing with Laura, right? Like she's, I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, we Laura, the acid story is hilarious. I can't. I, I hope Laura comes on, and um, I will tell it from my perspective. Except we'll talk about this Linda girl that was with us because because I don't think teachers are allowed to talk about that. Shit. I don't know if they oh my are gosh, or not. I'm so excited. Anyways, her name's Linda Corden. If anyone wants to Google her, okay. Yeah, I love it. You're supposed to play play the role here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I oh, started oh, to tell a story oh, about the acid God. thing and then aborted it because Laura's a teacher. And I didn't want to like, you know. You're right. I changed her name to Linda. Linda is such an awful name. Oh no, it's <laughs> It's like the Karen of fictitious character names. Sorry, Linda. That took me way too long to catch on to Linda Corden. Yes, we got to have Linda Corden on. Okay, sure. you know what? We're not going to tell the acid story because Laura will be like, um, I kind of prefer you then. Can I tell it now really quickly? Just a part of it or whatever? Because I wasn't involved in it, so yeah. No, you weren't, but all of our close friends I was friends on were. the sidelines getting phone calls. Yeah, so I warned a person that was with us. I'm like, 
just just don't let people be like, yeah, you're tripping. Like those people are annoying. And try not to get too giggly because you might. I, what I said, you might get skip the record syndrome and just start like and just being not being able to leave this one spot. And of course, one of our friends um, starts saying the word neon. Oh, yeah. Over and over and over again. And like an hour and a half later, I'm like, you got to fucking stop saying that goddamn word. And then she's like, what? Neon? Neon? And I'm just like, I'm going to fucking. <laughs> this is crazy. And um, then we all get into a cab and I get into the cab and I sit down and I'm like, and I put my arm around the cab driver and I'm like, sir, it's not what you think. We're all on high grade acid to the bar, right? And it's like 11 o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> and we gallivanted around Toronto, a bunch of acid heads for I don't know how long. Um, I think it probably cost Tara her relationship at the time. <laughs> We're almost did. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's the you kind mean of shit. Clarice. Clarice, you mean? What's that? You, I said, you mean Clarice. Oh, right. Yes. Clarice, Clarice. Demensko. <laughs> Anyways, yes. I, Imagine I think... there's a sleuth out there. I, I'm pretty sure they mean this Tara girl. You know. No, no, yeah. I think. Um, uh, I, I forget that I'm so open about my dreams and not everyone is, you know? But I do it to different know, types of different to inspire types. others. Yeah. And to, uh, to, to answer your question, um, it's Renaissance. Um, uh, oh, cool! I do the work with this council in the uh, Renaissance Recovery Center. So yeah, it's a pretty oh, okay. cool place. Um, anyway. Is there anything else you want to plug before I let you go here? Nah, Melissa? nah. You can find me on all the socials, but <laughs> Melissa Lauren. Melissa Lauren. Music. Music. Uh, hard working. You know what? Right? Surprisingly enough, the lifespan, the, the shelf life of um, of the French uh, can, uh, porn um, doesn't isn't long. So you know, she slowly, slowly kind of, kind of got directed and spat out into the into the the uh, directing out. industry. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, so anyways, the 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 whole so yes, Melissa Lord music you can find me on all the guys, different music. socials. Um, you're a lovely person, a lovely singer. I miss you, and I, miss you I really appreciate you. I, I appreciate you coming tonight. Um, yeah, it would be fun. I do this thing on Fridays actually called Casual Fridays. This wasn't um, casual. <laughs> no, this was because because I know you and, and I love these shows because I don't you know I don't have to rack my brain and figure out what Stan is doing twenty years ago. Um, because I know what Stan was doing twenty years ago. But Casual Fridays um, is my social gathering night. So uh, if you guys are ever free on a Friday, at the same time, I'll, I'll put you on. I'll kick off the regulars that just get drunk and get loud and cut off my jokes right at the punchline. I fucking hate that. <laughs> Your jokes are so good, though. Oh my god, we have to talk about uh, next time the uh, the Peter Jackson jokes. I thought we didn't even dive into Peter Jackson. Oh, oh, do you have time or do you not have time? You don't have time. I should go, but but, yeah, but yeah. this okay. is reason for follow-up. Just to give a synopsis, we created a character as to what the back of the we were all too cheap to smoke cigarettes that were expensive, so we all smoked c- Peter Jackson cigarettes. And yeah, and the first joke, you remember the inaugural joke? No. was Peter Jackson smokes Peter Jackson. Oh yeah. But then it got really ridiculous where if he was a character, what he was like, lived in his mom's garage. He was like garage. the grossest person of all He was the grossest person in the universe. Like, it, I like, wish we could, I think we can go back and find some of those on the When Facebook Peter page. Jackson takes a bath, his neighbors can smell soup. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, um, Peter Jackson's masturbation stock is now a ski boot. What? Oh, shit, what? I can't tease anyone? Oh, sorry, sorry. A ski boot? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I gotta go before this gets too ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. 
You should open with this shit. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you shush me? Is someone there? Like, is your husband like? No, my daughter's upstairs now. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus, fucking Christ! That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll okay. go, but um, but uh, <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. I'm sorry. Okay, bye, Melissa. Bye. I'm sorry. Oh, that was awesome. Um, straight up, Melissa is like one of the best people I know. She's super funny and she's very real. And uh, you guys should check out her music, Melissa Lauren Music. That's what you Google. If you Google Melissa Lauren and you find yourself on Pornhub, you've Googled the incorrect Melissa Lauren. Uh, Melissa Lauren is a wonderful mom and a jazz singer. And um, yeah, she is. Uh, she's a great, great woman. Tomorrow. Oh, my God. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's casual Friday. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to get really stoned. I'm going to come on, uh, hopefully with Ryan. And uh, we will be entertaining many people. Um, people sort of like this guy, Paul Hello. Atkinson. How you doing? Um, Paul, did you want to um, go into the other room around the corner and grab your penis and, and put it and bring it in with you just so we have a conversation it, starter? It, it's in the pouch beside me here on the left. <laughs> uh, it's funny because we're branding you as the guy that always talks about his penis, but now we are the ones that only talk about your penis. I mentioned it once on the show out of anger. That was it. Only once. Last casual only Friday, once. I suggested that you and JB have a cock off for charity, right? Yeah, that's that's all. Right, you don't like charities? You don't like giving to the needy? What do you mean? Oh, I, I do, but there are limits, right? <laughs> 12 inches? <laughs> depends from whose perspective this limit thing you're talking about right? well it just could get weird is all i'm saying saying anyway i love the show tonight dude um melissa are you here was... because you're about to go on for your show is that what you're doing no 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 oh. it's just because i'm a jazz guy i have that whole jazz show that i do so that I'm i was sorry to... where did you click that i developed a habit of never looking on that side of the screen now that i never look at the chat it's okay no i have a jazz show that i do i have a whole jazz podcast that uh that i do it's it's songs and stories the jazz supplemental jazz edition i think i'm up to volume 75 will be the next show wow. so I'm, I'm working on it right now trying to get the show together but i would love to have melissa as like the first interview guest because most of the music that i play on the show is just strictly instrumental jazz so she would oh. be the first vocalist and the girl's got the pipes she's got the chops outstanding vocalist and I have a few oh, friends yeah. that work in the jazz scene in Toronto. So when and I and she I, makes it look easy. Oh God, she's yeah. one of those. She's just like casual about it, and she's just yeah nailing it. And uh, scrolls on stage, just drifts in. Here we are. This is how we do it. It's like, how the hell did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's an inspiring person because um, you know, like she she. You know, I guess the standard ages for trying to something in the music scene is really when most people like begin the road um, towards some sort of mm -hmm. career, and that later than most. Um, and and where what she's doing now? It's so funny how we're programmed to look at the music industry pre-internet. I don't know if you're like that, but I'm programmed like that. Like I have to establish new neural pathways to get out of that line of thinking. I'm 54. Look, I got a stack of records behind me. Right? Yeah, that's so, like you're like Lachlan's dad. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly vinyl. I have I have 
like two or three thousand CDs, but most of it is vinyl, right? Yeah. So, but I like the unconventional. But here's the why it's bad to think in pre-internet thinking. So pre-internet thinking are things like this. Uh, your single has to be three minutes because yeah. it's complementary towards the timing mechanism for ads on radio. And so it took me forever to just be like, fuck you. Like, Throw it right crazy. out, man. It's, it's so all about tired. streaming. It's yeah. all about streaming and touring, right? Yeah. I mean, literally today, uh, you, you, you put out a record so you can tour. 30 years ago, tw- hell, 20 years ago, well, 25 years ago, you put out a record. Uh, and you toured to support the album. Now the whole yeah. reason to put out a record is just have an excuse to tour. And you don't even care if you sell any records. You just want to sell concert tickets. Now that kind of changed during the pandemic when when you had to get your streaming numbers up. And some people have made a lot of money off streaming, like Drake, Justin Bieber, to name two Canadians amongst Yeah, Spotify many. and YouTube and their, the way that they disperse funds is criminal. You know? it's, it, it's absolutely criminal. It, like literally Drake, Drake and, and, and Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande. There's a few people that have made money on Spotify and YouTube music and that. But quite literally, most people, you see nothing like nothing. Like my jazz show, um, I used to do it only on Mixcloud. Now I, it's, it's on multiple platforms because jada, jazz artists are just eager to get their music out. The pop yeah. music show I have to do on Mixcloud only because otherwise I'd have to pay for licensing on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the other ones. But on Mixcloud, the difference is they pay the artists. Now, what is it, like a quarter of a cent per click or whatever? Like, I mean, it's pathetic, but at least they're getting paid. Yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, the one thing that bothers me about the, there's, there's the advertising element of the internet. I've always been kind of confused. Mm-hmm. The first thing that confused me, because I remember uh, when the internet kind of came out and, and more than half of the, of the people were, were using it. And they started to talk about the death knell of print journalism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't the Toronto star look at, look at all the ads in the Toronto star. And why can't they just duplicate the paper experience for the website and charge Online. even more for the ads? That's the part that I didn't understand. Why are newspaper ads worth more than clickable right to the place where you buy the actual car? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me either. Because when you consider the fact that the, 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 the physical paper distribution is limited to, well, let's say, 100,000. I don't know what the number is. Whereas when you put your product out there online... And you don't have a paywall. It's not limited to anything. Yeah. So your ads can be seen by literally billions of people. Yeah. And especially yeah, if it's Gen Zers opening up the paper and it says, uh, you know, claim your coupon here. And they keep on just touching the paper. Yeah, click, click. To try yeah. to get, well, wait, I can't go to the it's not working. <laughs> yeah. And then you go online where they get paid almost nothing for the little ad and you can go and buy the product. I just don't get I want a marketing person to tell me why this is because I have a, a sinking suspicion that it is because the industry itself was like, well, we can't disrupt our industry. Yeah, that's why basically just what spread rumors that there's no value to digital ads. Yeah, that's but largely hey, that what doesn't it make was. any sense. Shut up. It's but then fine. you guys have you have characters like Mr. Beast and PewDiePie and, and Logan Paul and all these guys who are beyond rich, like stupid money and outside of gen z and some younger millennials and maybe a few of us who are you know in this milieu don't even know these people exist yeah i only know their names and then um i'm kind of disappointed with the younger generation where it's like you're making a guy rich 
for talking smack in the corner of the screen. Like, and literally, and, and, and by the way, is. you're making a guy rich talking smack on the corner of the screen of a video game show that you're watching him play. Yeah, I don't like, get it. Future incels of the world unite, you know, like it just feels I, I'm not trying to whatever. I'm, I don't understand why uh, a young generations make the dumbest people rich. But then I remember Paris Hilton and stuff. And I hate it when people are like, she's brilliant. She's just she's a brilliant marketer. No, 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 no. She was born rich and and attractive. Yeah, she's not. Look, I, I she's, don't find her she's not. Don't find her well, she's not ugly. Um, she looks like Eminem and drag. Some people may find her attractive. Some people may not find her attractive. But what is interesting is how she was born with a platinum spoon, a gold-plated platinum titanium-plated spoon yeah. in her mouth, yeah. right? That's right? I mean, she inherits the entire thing from her grandfather. So when her parents pass away, the whole Hilton chain is all hers, all of it, 100%. Now, that being said, I watched a documentary on her not too long ago, and she talked about how she was pretty horribly bullied online. And that's true. It's true. I did. I, I, I will have I mean, compassion for somebody who gets bullied. I mean, even though, you know, you can just go retire. Are to we your, deliberately releasing the sex tape in order to further her career? That's the bullying part? Okay. Well, I mean, there was also, that's how, look, uh, what was his name? Uh, what was the rapper who, who first slept with Kim Kardashian? Uh, thank you, Ray J. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a, a scene, a Photoshop of him standing there pointing like this. And they photoshopped the whole family going up the stairs. And he goes, all these mofas are rich because of me and my penis. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. It's not Ray J. It's his penis. That could have belonged to anybody. And it's just like. <laughs> well, that's what it is, though. It's like the sex tape he made with Kim K made that whole family famous. And she didn't yeah. want to release it. It was her mother who insisted she do it. So it's like. Not only that. Disgusting. The, the rumor is actually, Paul, that. Um, uh, Kim originally gave this the, the sex tape to her mom, and her mom was like, "Do it over. It's not good enough." Are you serious? I, I, I am seriously recanting a story that was told to me. Do I know that that happened? I don't know, but it's the Kardashians. I don't know anything. It would. You it know? wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised me. if Kanye West died like two years ago, and we've been looking at a hologram the whole time <laughs> that's been malfunctioning. You know, like seriously. <laughs> well, well, that would make sense. I mean, look. The guy's a, a, a genius musician and a brilliant lyricist, but he has severe mental health issues. And I think they yeah, got I, worse after his mom died and after he got married to Kim. That Kim. was it. That was the mom dying thing. He wouldn't it have did. married Kim Kardashian if his mom was still alive. Are you kidding? Agreed. His mom Agreed. would have been like, don't you fucking get involved with that. You know, like, don't do that. And and really, like Kanye West is, he, he is a good musician. I, I, he's not one of my favorite rappers. He no. was a brilliant producer brilliant like before he picked up the mic and then he has what i consider one of the most amazing debut hip-hop albums ever in the college drop it right like it was just super kind of refined for an artist that was putting out his first album so i well you know and, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is one of the greatest rap records ever it's it's genius it was a piece of art yeah it, it really is. I mean, I've listened to it back to front, I don't know how many times. And I've seen him at concert twice. And I'm like, the guy puts on a show. Yeah. He's crazy. So I, 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 I can't ever go and see the guy play again because he's out of his mind. And it's I like, can. I, I can see him again because he's not Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? Like, he's, oh, yeah. True, true. Yeah. You know, like, true. like he, he, listen, 
especially when it comes to the sometimes what people mean isn't the ancient trope against Israelis. Like it's not mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it's like like if I said that um hey, you know, a lot of Italians happen to own online gambling. I don't know if that's true, but if it was, no one's gonna be like, are you so how dare you? Right. And it's just like it, so certain uh, yeah. groups, I think, because they took shit for so long, now are absolved of taking the kind of shit that everyone else takes, right? Because the, the assumption is made that your motivation is anti-Semitism. Yeah. I it, think it, Kanye's it, motivation is similar to... Like, I talked to DJ Kenny Parker, who's KRS-One's brother, who was also in Boogie Down Productions. KRS-One And I was talking about how hilariously tribalistic New York is. Mm. I'm like, you guys are fucking New Yorkers. And yet, it's like Brooklyn and Bronx and Long Island and Staten <laughs> Island. And he's like, he's like, bro, they might as well be different countries. Yeah, no kidding. Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst. Yeah. yeah. Like, which you're, you're I two kilometers away. Yeah. You know, when, whenever someone says represent, um, I remember a Mishy Me line from uh, when she was on 88.1 one Saturday in the early 90s. And Love she's her. like, I think people got to remember that you don't represent, you just rent. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love Mishimi. She was here uh, last summer and I didn't get a chance to see her. And I regret that because I have been a fan of her since Raga Death. The first time I heard that, I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, she was the first person to ever try and do that and succeeded at it. Yeah. It was interesting because it was right on the heels of a project that was similar in that it it juxtapositioned juxtaposed sorry um mm-hmm. uh, uh certain artists with a certain type of music that don't normally associate which was living color remember that yes it, and, and i've seen them live twice and they're amazing the only thing amazing. i think they did wrong is that they like the glam rock look already expired like yeah they, I, yeah they were I know, a little I know. little too frizzy and stuff but, but um no freakishly but good musicians oh i have my a funny mission me story i i um I had a girlfriend at the time and we were doing this stupid thing where uh, we, we get to put a couple celebrities on our, if we have the chance to sleep with the celebrity, then then you'll give me the green light. And I chose, I chose Mishy me because I calculated that I lived in Toronto. I had a better chance of running into Mishy me. Otherwise I would have put Salma Hayek and that was it, you know? And so, and then we ran into Mishy me like a year later and it was one of those confusing moments because I didn't know her personally, but I said hi to her. Like I did know her personally. Hi, so I'm like, doing? I literally went like this. Hey, Mish. And she walks up to me and she's like, mm, hey, you, and like all that. And I, and my girlfriend was standing behind Mishy Me, and I'm just like, I'm just, right? listen, I don't make the rules. You know what I mean? It, and um, it, it turns out. out, this might surprise people, that if you ever run into the celebrity that you or your wife is allowed to have sex with because of that agreement, Mm-hmm. chances Card. are you're not going to let them do it no yeah <laughs> i would for the stories at the future dinner parties i would totally let my wife do it um but <laughs> i love reese yeah. comment did you laminate the cards <laughs> i thought you were talking about something else yes we <laughs> believe in safety during sex of course we laminated it jesus oh right the card yeah. the cards did you laminate the cards though oh my god what a great future for like a dystopian future or like um you know the fifth element kind of world yeah um self-wrapping condoms and it almost works like in the same way that like uh a laminator works i work with a laminator uh mm-hmm. at the library mm-hmm. I, I made all the vaccine passports and stuff uh it would have to be a different type of device one that looked it, more it, like a flashlight or something and it would just <laughs> and doesn't heat, heat up and- to like 300 degrees <laughs> 
Listen, I have an Italian penis. I'm sorry if your sensitive <laughs> fucking Irish penis can't handle it, but like, whatever it is. <laughs> it is. It's just Irish, English. Uh, there's, I, I, well, Irish, English, Scottish, French, and I think Nigerian. I'm not sure about that. I haven't, I haven't gotten the full. Because we were part of the Underground Railroad. My family was part of the Underground Railroad in, in Southern Ontario. We, uh, we, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I thought, I, see. No, I was being serious. I, was being I thought serious. it was a penis joke. I thought you were like, no, 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 no. I might be part Nigerian. No, no, no. It's like being serious about that. Yeah, we're, we're part of the Underground Railroad. Uh, could be Nigerian, I don't know, but some sort of, there's, there's definitely, I definitely have some African blood in me. Uh, from what part of the nation, the, the continent, I, I'm not 100% sure. And it's one of those ones where I, like, I could go and get the test, right? That, But it's like, but what if that sort of family mythology suddenly just disappeared and it wasn't that? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't think. Some I, things I, you I, don't want to know. This is going to sound ridiculous. Um, I don't think anyone should give a fuck about what their ancestors did. Well, I, I, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, in the sense that, like, I'm this great, this mixed sort of stew, and then it turns out, now nah, you're just a bunch of white people. I'm like, damn. I was really hoping for something a little bit more. Oh, come on, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh, here, let's make it more interesting. Christopher Hitchens used to talk about this. This is basically an offshoot of the genome project, and that, and right. that when you give your DNA, they would actually tell. We're all from Africa. They would tell you what part of Africa or the African continent your bloodline was from. And, um, yes, you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're like white people are pretty like center north or something. I can't remember where it is. And then um and then we made our way to the rest of the world where we fucked a bunch of shit up. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. um, but in fairness, the Ottomans, you know, the Persians, you know, the Mongolians, we all had our chance to fuck shit up. Um well if if we went back far enough, yes, we're we're all from the breadbasket, right? That yeah, part of the world. I mean, there's no there's no talent, there's no denying it. Which is I mean, hilarious because now when I rap, it's not cultural appropriation. We're all African. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I love how in, in the 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 um, the white Christian Western world version of the Bible, Adam and Eve were their names, and B, A and they, and B, they were white. There's no white people in the Bible. There's not. There's no they had white belly people. buttons in literally every artist's attention too. <laughs> right. But but that's not no. <laughs> There's no navels. They can't have navels. If if Eve would have given Adam a daiquiri instead of an apple, we'd still be living in paradise. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm getting trouble for that one, right? I'm gonna. Well, it is basically misogyny since she was the first woman, right? So yeah, yeah you're guess, not giving them much of a chance out of the gate there. Eight <laughs> inches, you know. <laughs> Well, thanks yeah. for having me on, brother. Uh, no, I, no I would love to uh, let Melissa know if you could put in, put her in touch with me. I'd love to have her on the jazz cast because um, she's uh, she's an amazing artist. And and like I said, I've not I've not had a chance to interview anybody yet because it's a jazz show. There's not a big audience for it, but the audience that is there loves it. So yeah. if I can, you know, if I can give them a little bit more, I'd love to do it. I, look, I will never make a red freaking scent on the jazz show ever the po oh, political obviously. show political show could take off the music show could take off i will never make a scent on jazz i'm okay with that i just love to do it because i love I've the noticed, music I've, I've noticed that about this podcasting universe is that um it's uh filled with cruel tragedies <laughs> one oh, of yeah. them is yeah. my favorite shows ever are the ones that are least watched mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you no know, no the I, rapper shows and and like you know the more casual ones 
I've seen some I've great stuff and I'm like, why aren't more people watching this? And then when I see stuff, it's like, you got a million, what? How did well, that get a million views? There's, there's no- this thing, Paul. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called marketing. Yeah, and that's um, what it is. And right now, but I like the kind of idea that, um, like, I, I'm like this. I, I'm building an audience so organically mm-hmm. that I feel like Greta Thunberg is going to sponsor it because it is like, I, I haven't done any marketing. This is the marketing I do. I post it onto onto Twitter, and and the software itself takes care of the other, whatever it is, eight or nine portals. And that's it. And and then when I get to Spotify and stuff, I'll I'll post the Spotify link, and I'll try to say something that's intriguing. You know what? I don't have a YouTube plan at all. Like, my YouTube numbers are low. You know what I hate a lot? You probably ran into this. I'm trying to book guests, and and the guests will either call me or email and be like, "Uh, yeah, I mean, we like your show and everything, but we're looking at your numbers there on YouTube and like, maybe just give us a call when it's a bit bigger. And it's just like, I'm ranked 24th in my category in the country or so whatever it is, you know, it's there. It's just that it's mostly Spotify and Apple, but everyone is programmed to think that YouTube numbers are the only indicator. And it's like, it's crazy. And also, well, I look at them and I go, well, okay. So we did the live stream the other day and we had like a hundred live viewers, which is pretty good. Hmm. Um, Did you look at the viewers on all the other platforms we stream it to. What do you mean? We're on eight more platforms. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's right. Oh, and then there's an audio version of it only that goes on yeah. to all the audio platforms. Really? Yeah. So the average the average morning show that we do is about fifteen hundred viewers of 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 like literally the YouTube, and then we I, we get about I don't know three four five hundred. I don't know the numbers for the audio the day of when we release it. So it's like. It's not, you know, it's, it's payola. Like yeah. To get on the rankings, you need a chartable, paid chartable account. And yeah. if you have that, wow, what a coincidence! My ranking has gone yeah. up. It's and crazy. It's like it's it's a pain in the ass. Um, listen, I'm gonna let you go because I know you got That's stuff cool. to do and so do I. But uh, Paul Atkinson, thank you for totally crashing my show unannounced. Um, I pre no no, it, it was nice to see you in there. Melissa's in the chat right now. Melissa, I'm gonna contact you. Um, Paul, please put her in touch with me. Yeah, love Paul to have her on the interview. show. He runs a jazz station that apparently no one ever watches and he makes no money from. <laughs> Just kidding. But he's a good songs DJ. And sto- it's called Songs and Stories Supplemental Jazz Edition. And I'm up to volume 75. So there's about 75 hours. I'm, I'm about to record uh, show 75 soon. So, oh, nice. Uh, you know, yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out too. Uh, there's a whole bunch of artists that I want to interview from that world actually because. Um, because the rappers, no offense, rappers, you you guys are a little unreliable. <laughs> Jazz artists are like, I I, I can make some, some time for you. That's because they're fucking broke, and maybe something will happen from the interview. Well, that, I mean, there's there's not not nothing untrue about that statement. And, and look, and and one of my favorite. Uh, rock artists and somebody I love as a jazz jazz artist you interviewed not too long ago, Lee Aaron. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's yeah, a jazz genius. album was oh, my. out of nowhere, unexpected and amazing. 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 But and she's got the chops, right? She not only has the chops, my friend, but she's basically offered me a position as her buttocks kisser. To which I proudly said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know? I I I will happily um shake your hand after you've done that. Oh, it's not an objectification thing. It's because I No, I know, I know. Went, no, but before we went on air, I told her that uh i'm like you know I, i'm not gonna be so bold as to tell you exactly what i'm talking about but you can probably figure it out because i was 11 
<laughs> it was basically you, Madonna, and Mitsu. You <laughs> knew what I was talking about, right? <laughs> and she was like, she's like, thank you. I'm like, you probably get that a lot. She's like, nope, first time. <laughs> she's only a couple of years older than me, too. So we're we're actually relative. I think she's like six years older than me. If she's that. 60. And um, yeah, so six, six. I, I'm noticing that I was like older girls all the time, even when I was 15. Um, Women. Yes. Well, when not when I was 15, there were girls. Uh, but now uh, true, I true. like now I like older women. And I don't think it's ever going to stop. I think, no, no, no. I no. think when I'm in the like uh, elderly home or whatever, I'm going to be like 80 and be like, check out Clarice today. 91. You know? <laughs> yeah. I want to be baby. I know by exactly a, what you mean, my friend. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you mean. I know That's exactly right. what you mean. That's why okay, when I go to the pub on a Friday and 20-year-olds approach me, I'm like, nope. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I'm just getting a call. Uh, yes, I'm aware that's the 17th podcast in a row he's mentioned that beautiful girls approach him. Yeah, I, I can't do anything about it. Okay, thanks, Dean. Just kidding. <laughs> but it's weird because they're so young. They're children. Children. Dude, I slept with a 20-year-old when I was like 29 or 30 or something, and it felt like a criminal act. It's like there's something about this skin. It's like too soft or you can tell that there hasn't been any hardships. <laughs> it has you not been to... jaded by the world yet. <laughs> Wait a second. You have baggage that is strewn all over the place. That woman over there has baggage and it rolls because all the it's, women know how to carry their baggage. Right? It's comfortably stored in the upright compartment. That's right. And if you play your cards right, you'll be a member of that baggage when you don't date her anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, Atkinson from the Eager Beaver podcast. And what is it? Stories and songs and stories. Songs and stories, supplemental jazz edition. It's on the Spotify, Google, all wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we were going to have a surprise guest, uh, uh, Laura, uh, which was Melissa and my friend, but I'm glad. Yeah, I was waiting for her. She didn't pop in. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, girls are funny when you you can't do spur them on podcasts with women, with some women, because it's just like it's always the same shit, too, because I do a nighttime show. I'm yeah. wearing my pajamas and I'm just like, uh, I'll take what is even a better reason to go on the podcast for a hundred Alex, because you're wearing your pajamas, you know? Exactly. Paul exactly. Atkinson, thank you, buddy. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Okay. Um, that was fun. Uh, casual Fridays tomorrow. Uh, I may on a whim do another podcast tomorrow or one over the weekend. I'm looking forward to next week's podcast. We haven't set a date yet, but it's going to be next week sometime between the 9th and the 12th where Michael Price and a couple of other people who are the main writers for F is for Family, the Bill Burr animated series that lasted five years, I believe, are going to be on the show. Um, the reason why I'm really excited about this because, you know, as a writer, I never think of really booking TV writers or things like that. But there are like um, a certain type of culture that has emerged from when the Simpsons took off. And by the way, Michael Price has been also writing on the Simpsons for 20 years. So he's our main guest and we have other writers in the F is for family realm. But the the culture of uh, writers that write specifically for animation, like but shows like the Simpsons, South Park, you know, Family Guy, um, King of the Hill, that kind of stuff. I mean, they're like a fraternity in a good sense. Uh, you know, they, they because... And this is, uh, I'll leave you with this because this is what I'm going to open with. I want Michael to, to I want to ask him if he really fully understands the impact of something like The Simpsons had on not just pop culture, but on young people's personalities 
in general. And, um, you know, I know it exists. And I just, I just, cause I've seen it. I, I have witnessed it where I lived, where I grew up in, uh, in Whitby. And there's still people that speak. Um, there are people, so I mentioned this on the last podcast, so I won't get into it too much, but there are people who will recite full lines from TV shows. And I think don't even realize that they're quoting a TV show <laughs> because it's so embedded in our lexicon. Um, anyways, I'm looking forward to that because, uh, you know, as a writer, I will just include them in my network of people to beg for jobs for or from. No, I would never do that. Um, and there is like a 6% chance that Bill Burr will be on the show. But I, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on Bill Burr. It would be great to talk to him. But um, in any event, we will see you tomorrow night on Casual Fridays or next time you happen to be watching. Black Bull. Thanks, everyone. Black Bull. Black, black, black Bull. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on on the Dean Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because Because democracy democracy is is something you do. do.